0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to My Basketball Cards, the podcast. I am your host, Zaire, and I want to tell you about this show as quickly as I can um, before we get to the meat of it all. Basically, I have this collection of basketball cards, and in a time where uh, a lot of people are into retro shows, we're going to talk about retro basketball now. What we do is we go through all of these basketball cards and we pick a card each episode and we talk about the athlete, the season they had, and maybe like some things that were going on uh, between opponents that they had or things of that nature. Kind of take a little dive into the, um, the athlete that we find through a basketball card. And then we try to find out as well, how much does this card actually worth? Now, in a little introduction here. I started collecting cards, like, you know, sports cards, baseball cards, first in 1987. And um, a few years later, I discovered basketball cards, which I didn't know existed. I was, you know, a kid and everything. So I remember in 1989, 1990, that season, I believe, or it might have, yeah, it was 89, 90. The first set of hoops basketball cards were released, and I remember getting a Magic Johnson card and a Muggsy Bogues card, amongst other cards, in that pack. Now, I thought, like, wow, this is pretty cool. Because, once again, I'd never seen basketball cards before. And I bought them at a grocery store, of all places, um, in Cleveland, Cleveland Heights, Ohio, actually. So that started my love for basketball cards, and I still continue to buy baseball cards, and I'll have football cards as well, even some hockey cards, some golf cards here and there. Got a whole bunch of different kinds of cards, but mostly basketball, football, and baseball, of course. So uh, talking about all that, uh collected so many cards over the years, and that leads us to this show right now. And so like I said, we're going to look at these cards. So um, the first card I'm going to talk about in the first episode is a Sean Kemp card from the 1997-98 season. We'll just say, yeah, 1998 season uh, of um, the releases from Upper Deck, and it's a black diamond card. And you'll see the picture of the card, you know, while you're listening to the podcast on your device. So, I'm going to tell you about this. Um, Sean Kemp, actually, this season that he played, I'll, you know, let you know that as a kid growing up, I had multiple favorite teams. Uh, Of course, growing up in Cleveland, my favorite team was the Cavs at that time, but my next favorite team was the Boston Celtics. Also loved the Seattle Supersonics. And um, got a a spot in my heart for the Portland Trailblazers, too, as well. But... Um, being the biggest Cavs fan during the pre-LeBron James era. And we'll talk about that another time, uh, (laughs) about the post-LeBron James era Cavs. But yeah, I was a huge Cavs fan, you know, in the pre-LeBron James era. And um, Sean Kemp was the first big name free agent, I believe, that the Cavs had gotten Um, ever. I could be wrong, but from the years that I remember, he was just a big name. Actually, let me change that. He wasn't a free agent. They got him in a trade. I'm about to tell you lies. They actually got him in a trade. This is the truth. And they traded for Sean Kemp, um, during the, I want to say the summer of 1997. Now, God bear me on this show. I'm kind of going on the fly right now which I think makes for a more interesting show. <laughs> but yeah, Sean Kemp uh, arrived, and I'm on basketballreference.com actually looking this up. Uh, he arrived uh, on the Cavs team. He he was traded by the Seattle Supersonics, and this is September 25th, 1997. Um, the Cavaliers traded Terrell Brandon, who was their all-star point guard, and uh, Tyrone Hill, who was an all-star power forward as well, and a 1998 first-round draft pick, which ended up being Pat Garrity, to the Milwaukee Bucket, Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks traded Sherman Douglas to the Cavaliers, and the Milwaukee Bucks also traded Ben Baker to the SuperSonics. And so, um, the Cavs got out of all that Sherman Douglas and Sean Kemp. We were all very excited about Sean Kemp. I don't even know if Sherman Douglas even played a lick for the Cavs that year. Actually, he did not. So, whatever went on with Sherman Douglas is another story for another time. Um, I think they traded him right after that. Nonetheless, now you know. I don't know if you, some of you may not be old enough to remember when the Cavs got LeBron James, but I'll just let you know when the Cavs got LeBron James. I mean, it was almost like when they got the pick to the 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 when the lottery pick. Was number one for the Cavs to get LeBron James. I mean, folks were in tears and going crazy because they were so happy because finally the Cavs were going to get a start. Well, when the Cavs landed Sean Kemp, that's how I felt. I was like ecstatic. I remember being in my um, in my dorm room in college. I was a freshman in college at the time. And my roommate was from uh, Detroit. And (laughs) I was just so happy, like, yes, we got Sean Kemp. And he looked at me like, y'all still ain't going to win the championship. I'm like, dude, don't rain on my parade, man. And so Sean Kemp was like the savior coming to Cleveland to make basketball interesting again because the team had been decent, you know, um, late 80s throughout the Mid 90s, the Cavs that pretty much were a playoff team for the most part, unless uh, the years that they did make the playoffs, it was because of, like injuries and things of that nature. But they had all stars like Mark Price, who was an all NBA point guard. They had Brad Doherty, who was one of the best centers um, of his time, and very underrated, very uh, underappreciated in today's uh, mindset of NBA fans who. Many probably don't even remember or had never seen him play because his career was kind of cut short because he had back injuries. But nonetheless, uh, Larry Nance, whose son now plays, Larry Nance Jr., um, Larry Nance was another star for the Cavaliers. Towards the mid-90s or into the mid-90s, you know, those guys had gotten older and, you know, the Cavs were led by uh, Terrell Brandon, who Sean Kemp was traded for. Um, And he was pretty much like a lone star on a team full of role players. And uh, Mike Fritello was a coach and he got as much out of that team as could. Uh, The team wasn't, you know, they, they would make the playoffs and win about 47, 45 games or so. Um, But they weren't star studded. And at times you could say, you know, they, of grinded out wins, which, if you're into that, it's it's like cool and fun. But as far as like the NBA promoting flashiness and a big time spectacle, the Cavs were not that. They were just a blue collar team who tried their best and they, they figured out ways to scratch out wins before being uh, eliminated in the first round of the playoffs every year. So uh, Sean Kemp was unhappy in Seattle, uh, which is where he was playing. Um, they had Tried to trade him a few times uh, to Chicago in in the past. And he was there, you know, pretty much a big star along with Gary Payton. And he had led them to the NBA Finals, you know. And so that was, I believe, in 1996. So, you know, he's figuring, you know, I, I guess he felt he just wasn't being treated right in Seattle. So what he ends up doing is, you know. Complaining, and I think uh, their uh, their un their rocky relationship kind of led to a trade to Cleveland. And Sean Kemp gets traded to the Cavs. Like I said before, just I was so ecstatic. So the year he gets to the Cavs, um, the previous year, the Cavs had missed the playoffs for the first time in a few years. Uh, maybe I don't know about three or four seasons or so. Uh, they were forty-two and forty, and I think they missed the playoffs on the last game of the season, losing to the—I want to say the Bullets that year. And the Bullets had Chris Webber, and um, it was like both teams had the same record, and if the whichever team won was going to make the playoffs on the last game of the year, which was April twentieth, nineteen ninety-seven. Um, and so the young Bullets, led by Chris Weber, Jawan Howard, Calbert um Ended up beating the Cavs, uh, I believe, in Cleveland, 85-81. So the Cavs didn't make the playoffs. And so they the Cavs were looking to just do some different things. And so they made the trade, traded their best player, Terrell Brendan, and um, basically they get Sean Kemp. Um, and so what ends up happening is the Cavs actually improved the next year with Sean Kemp. And for the first time ever, the Cavs have an all-star power forward for the first time ever. They have not an all-star power forward, a starting all-star who happened to be in power forward. Sean Kemp is the first Cavalier to ever start in an all-star game. Um, Cavs had had plenty of all-stars before that, but never had like the big time guy that everybody wanted to vote for. You know, um, and so Sean Kemp was that guy. Um, Cavs started out, let's say, they had a pretty strong start, winning, let's say, what is their record? They started out 17-9 by December 23rd. Now, by the All-Star break, which we were just talking about, the Cavs were 27-20. And so, the key is with this team, which did end up finishing 47-35. They were a young team. Now, yes, Sean Kemp was on the squad, but he was on a squad with a bunch of young talent. And that young talent included, let me go back real fast, uh, because once again, I'm on basketball reference. um, That young squad included players like Derek Anderson, who was a rookie, and he was a... um, a small forward, very versatile. who could play point guard, shooting guard, um, and uh, small forward as well, like I said. for um, He had came out of Kentucky, so they, they were able to draft him. They also had a young Brevin Knight, who was a rookie out of Stanford, a highly talented point guard, and uh, another young player, Bob Sear, was a second-year shooting guard on the team. They also had, there was another kid, Cedric Henderson, who was an interesting rookie, who had an amazing rookie season uh, that year with the Cavaliers. Now, the Cavs were led in scoring by Sean Kemp. He averaged 18 points per game, grabbed nine <laughs> nine rebounds per game. Uh, like I said, was an all-star. Another player on that team that you guys may remember is Zydrunas Elgowskis, who is uh Known as one of the best Cavaliers, uh, best best players in Cavalier history. Uh, one of the top centers that they ever had. He um, was in his, I want to say his, no, that actually was his first season playing because he was drafted in 97, 96, but he couldn't play because he was hurt. And so he played the entire season in 97 before having foot injuries over the next three years or four years, actually. Um, But he ended up getting it together as his career went along and and stayed relatively healthy um, until his career ended in 2011. So he had a nice, lengthy career uh, for such a shaky start. But, yeah, Zajunas Ogowskis was in his uh, first official season that year as a player in the NBA. So we have, um, going back to Sean Kemp, Sean Kemp led the team in scoring. He led the team in rebounds. <laughs> he led the team, or he was second in blocks. Uh, Juniors led the team in blocks. And he was fourth, actually, in assists. And third in steals. He was the most valuable player on the squad. The most experienced, uh, high-level player on the team. Those numbers for Sean Kemp actually, I got things popping up on my computer, people, forgive me. But those numbers for Sean Kemp actually, um, they weren't career highs, but they were still impressive because you got to look at like what he played with. Um, coming from Seattle, he was playing with a, a veteran team with people like Hersey Hawkins, of course, Gary Payton, Detlef Shrimp, uh players that were very experienced, and now he's with these rookies, and so he had to kind of get adjusted. But the season was seen as a success, even though the Cavs, once again, lost in the first round of the playoffs. Um, they previous, The previous year, they hadn't made the playoffs, and then they get these young players, and all of a sudden, First year, along with Sean Kemp, they made the playoffs. They lost to Indiana uh, in the first round of the playoffs. And Indiana had a very good team at the time, uh, but they lost the first round of the playoffs to Indiana, and uh, they were blown out game one, 106-77. to 77. Uh, Lost game two, 92-86. Won game three, 86-77, but lost game four, 80-74. Um, Sean Kemp... In the playoffs, led the Cavs in scoring every game. He averaged, in his first year with the Cavs from the playoffs, he averaged, uh, one more time, 26 points per game during that series, which at that time, no Cavalier had ever averaged that much in a playoff series. Uh, so he averaged 26 points per game, 10.3 rebounds per game, and um, one block shot. So he Definitely did his part and then some. But once again he had a young team He was going up against a very uh going up against a very experienced Indiana placer team that had been um uh, battle tested and had had so many wars against like the Knicks and the Celtics previously and things of that nature. So um so yeah, what ended up happening with Sean Kemp in Cleveland, his career in Cleveland actually didn't go as we had hoped. Um, He had only played after that season, the first season, which was seen as a success. He only played, uh, were going to play two more seasons in Cleveland. One season was the strike short in the year in 98-99 when the Cavs had just missed the playoffs. He averaged in 42 games that year. The NBA had only played, I think they played 50 games. Uh, Yeah, so the Cavs went 22-28. and NBA played fifty games that year, and the Cavs got off. uh, They were just a bit inconsistent, but they're they their best that they were were twenty one and eighteen, and they were looking like they probably were going to return in the playoffs. But they went on to lose uh, or finish the season one and ten for the rest of the year. After after starting out twenty one and eighteen, they finished out twenty two and twenty eight. And they missed the playoffs. And Sean Kemp that year, though, uh, had his first and only season of his career where he averaged 20 points per game. Those of you who hear about Sean Kemp might be thinking, like, wow, you know, as good as he was, why did he only average 20 points per game once? And, you know, he had played on teams where he really didn't have to averaged over 20 points per game because he was on very, very deep teams. Like I said, he played with Gary Payton, Detlef Shrimp, Hersey Hawkins, Sam Perkins, all guys that could put up 20 points on any night with their scoring ability. Um, so yeah, Sean Kim was more than just a scorer, but when you needed him to, he could put the ball in a basket. So in his second year with the Cavs, he did average 20.5 points per game, nine rebounds per game, 9.2 rebounds. And, uh, blocks and so I want to look and see what his numbers as far as being uh, one of the scoring leaders he he was among the scoring leaders but he definitely wasn't the scoring leader averaging 20 points per game but uh, nonetheless uh, yeah he was 12th in the NBA during the strike shortened season and so that was as high as he had ever been as far as uh Leading a team and scoring and everything. His third and final season in Cleveland, once again, just wasn't successful. Uh, Mike Fratello was, was fired previous to that year, and um, Randy Whitman was brought in, and the Cavs went a lowly 32 and 50. And <laughs> we're nowhere near the playoffs. Uh, Sean Kemp that season averaged 17.8 points per game, which was the lowest amount of points he had averaged uh, since the 92-93 season when he averaged the same amount. He also averaged 8.8 rebounds, which is the lowest amount of rebounds he had averaged since the 91 or 90-91 season, which was his second year in the NBA. Uh, His numbers just dipped. His shooting percentage was an all-time low, 41%. At that time in his career, he had never shot that low. Um, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't really a great year. Um, he had put on weight, which, you know, people were saying he was eating too much and not taking the game seriously. It was just, you know, you hear a lot of rumors about where was Sean Kemp uh, last night or before the game or you know, all of that. And it was rough. And I, as being a big Sean Kemp, fan, I just didn't want to leave any rumors. I just thought, you know what? He's just having a rough year and maybe they'll figure it out. But that was his final year in Cleveland. And he was shipped out, um, August 30th, 2000, uh, the Cavs traded Sean Kemp to the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, the Miami heat also participated in this trade. And, um, the Heat traded Chris Gatling and Clarence Witherspoon in a 2001 first-round pick, which ended up being Brendan Hayward, to the Cavaliers. Um, the Blazers ended up trading Gary Grant to the Cavs as well and um, trading Brian Grant to the Heat. And Portland got Sean Kemp. And Sean Kemp's career in Portland, he, he was no longer – an all-star uh, starting power forward, he became a role player because their team was very deep. They had uh, Hall, um, Scottie Pippen, Steve Smith, Rasheed Wallace. I think Detlef was on those teams too uh, that we mentioned earlier. Like Arvidas Sabonis. Uh, very loaded teams, very talented teams. Um, and so, yeah, Sean Kemp, you know, had it um, found himself, you know, being a role player on those teams. And, actually ended up having to do a stint in rehab because of um, some substance issues that he wanted to finally fix in his life. Sean Kemp, after leaving Cleveland, had only played three more years in the NBA, finishing his career with the Orlando Magic um, as a 33-year-old during the the 2002-2003 season. Where he averaged six points per game. Once again, um, he actually started 55 of the 79 games he played that year, but he was not the rain man that he once was. He, you know, was a role player again. Um, so, yeah, that's the Sean Kemp story. Um, this basketball card, once again, upper deck, black diamond. So, here's the fun part we'll go online and we're going to look and see. How much this card is or is it worth? And here you go, everybody hold your breath. Sean Kemp, we got upper deck, uh black diamond nineteen ninety eight. Here we go. Alright, so um, hmm. Got a few listings here. So let's see what they're selling it for on eBay right now on ebay you can find this card uh for two dollars and two cents on ebay someone is selling it for two dollars and two cents and let's see if we can actually find what the card is worth uh hmm all right so this is the rough part because i guess typically like you get the websites that want to sell you Books to tell you how much the cards are worth or whatever. Or the, the memberships or whatever. We'll look up the value here. So, um, yeah, right now all I'm getting is eBay. Here we go. Here's a price guide here. And this is saying that that card is worth. Hold on, let's get to 1998. I thought I saw it. Y'all gotta bear with me here. First time ever doing this show here. 1998, I keep going through the early 90s here upper deck all right so that card is actually listed at a dollar 13 uh near mint a dollar and 13 cents so we'll keep the tally up i have a dollar and 13 cents worth of basketball cards as of right now on this show <laughs> but yes uh thank you for tuning in to my basketball cards and we'll have you know lots of stories to tell Um, just by reminiscing on these times and uh, looking at some of these players from yesteryear. Thank you so much for tuning in.